You're listening to Know Your Rights with Ellen Firestone. What's going on, guys? Greg here, and you are tuned in to Know Your Rights with Ellen Firestone. And we are back again with a third episode. In our previous episode, we went through articles one through three. And if you are not familiar, you can go back and click on episode two to learn more about those articles. But today, we are focusing on article four, which Ellen has already brought up if you go back to the intro episode, uh, the importance of this article. And I'm not going to waste any time. Ellen, why don't you tell everyone what article four is? Okay, thank you, Greg. Um, Article four is no one shall be held in slavery or servitude. Slavery and the slave trade shall be prohibited in all their forms. Many people think, you know, slavery was abolished in the 18, you know, 1865, right? But um, today we have something called human trafficking, which is modern day slavery. A few years ago, I I had listened to a person from the Philadelphia Anti-Trafficking Coalition speak about human trafficking right here close to where we are. And I was really surprised that obviously this is going on right here in a city like Philadelphia, but it's also going on in many other cities in our own country. The Philadelphia Anti-Trafficking Coalition has a website, and I actually went out there to check out what they had to say. And they have a definition here of human trafficking as it's the recruitment, transport, sale, or receipt of persons within or across national borders through force, fraud, or coercion to place the persons in slavery or slavery-like work conditions. Very hard to believe this is this goes on today, but it does, and it is something we we all need to confront and and you really do something about. Going off what you said about the website, it is appalling how much information there is online and how close to home it all is. You know, once you start really diving into it, there is a ton of websites that talk about, you know, what to look for. Uh, you see signs in airports nowadays, um, you know, be careful, look for people. You can look at the expressions on people's faces to try to tell, you know, if they're in a safe environment. But, you know, going back to the article that, that we're talking about, Article 4, let's start by discussing what types of slavery or human trafficking is going on right now? Okay, well, according to the Philadelphia Anti-Trafficking Coalition website, uh, there are two main types, uh, basically sex trafficking and labor trafficking. The sex trafficking, obviously, people are obtained for the purpose of commercial sex and in which the commercial sex act is induced by force, fraud, or coercion. And then, obviously, someone is getting money for this. And then uh, the labor trafficking is where a person is obtained for, you know, the use of labor or services. So the slavery that we are dealing with today is for very similar reasons as slavery back in the 17th and 18th century, which just goes to show the relevance of Article 4, what we're talking about today. Yes, and why the the writers of the Declaration felt, you know, it it had to be included. You know, this um, slavery was not abolished in 1865. Um, It still continues. And, you know, to, to take a human being against their will and sell them. I mean, it's pretty amazing. This would even have to be written into a declaration. Yeah. And back in the 17th and 18th century, slavery, even though it was awful, it was obvious. It was out in the open. Whereas today it's hidden. True. It's it's sometimes very difficult to identify a victim. I mean, there may be someone, you know, right near you that needs help, but we don't know. Mm-hmm. And remind me again when the document was written. The document was written in or adopted in 1948. Um, so that was a good 
80 years after the abolishment of slavery in the United States. However, remember this this document is the Universal Declaration of Human Rights for the, for the whole world, not just our country. And it is also important to remember that the Declaration of Human Rights had contributors from all over the world and not just this country. Yes, um, I think we, we had mentioned in the intro podcast that Eleanor Roosevelt was the main architect, but yet there was a drafting committee. And, um, you know, I know a, a friend of mine, her name is Ella Tory. She was the public information officer for Eleanor Roosevelt. She would tell me stories occasionally about some of the people that worked with, with Eleanor. And um, I know in uh, Eleanor Roosevelt's memoirs, she had said uh, there was a Dr. Chang from China who, who made it clear that he thought the declaration should include more than just Western ideas. The entire text took less than two years, um, but then Eleanor was the, the driving force behind getting the declaration adopted. The point that we're making by, by bringing this up is that these articles, and this article in particular, Article 4, No Slavery, had contributors from all over the world sharing their point of view and what they thought should be included as a human right. That's right. So bringing us back to 2019, in our corner of the world here in Delaware, uh, we do have people right here who are working on this very issue. And we're lucky to have on the phone with us today, Yolanda Schleybaugh, who is going to tell us what she does with her organization to make people aware of human trafficking and things that they can do about it. So Yolanda, tell us a little bit about Zoe Ministries and how and why you got into helping victims of human trafficking. Well, our goal and mission for Zoe Ministries is to open an aftercare facility, meaning a home with trauma-informed wraparound comprehensive services for minors who have been victims of sex trafficking who are in and from Delaware. And so we were incorporated as a 501c3 back in 2012, but when I started this work, there was really no discussion in the state of Delaware on a statewide level about this issue. And then I found out um, within just a few weeks that we did not even have state legislation against trafficking. So while we were covered by the, the federal law of 2000, the Trafficking Victims Protection Act or the TVPA, which has been reauthorized several times since then, even though we were covered by the federal law in Delaware, we still had no arrests or prosecutions and we still were not doing any statewide training for law enforcement or medical or for any first responders. And I knew that in order to open a facility where we were serving and helping victims, we needed to have a conversation and have the first step of awareness because we can't be trained to something that we're not aware of. So for the first several years, I spent my own personal time doing presentations in churches and civic groups and youth groups in schools, basically to anybody who would listen just to get the word out that this is happening and we need to protect our children and our communities. And that word started to spread. And in 2014, then there was our first state legislation passed, which was Senate Bill 197. And it, it addressed human trafficking, specifically for the state of Delaware. And we've had several other passages of legislation since then. Wow, that's fantastic. And uh, so what are the ages of the majority of people you help? Well, ages range really. Um, if you're an adult, um, I think the United Nations report that we saw, the average age for lure is 19, if you're an adult. 
um, as a minor, the average age of lure is between 11 and 13. Um, but there are familial cases with trafficking where there are children much, much younger wow. than that, um, including toddlers. So it is, it is a horrific, horrific crime that is now being seen, you know, as a human rights issue, as a public health issue. And Delaware is now really stepping up and our victim services within our law enforcement communities and our law enforcement themselves are, are getting training this year. And it will be coming through uh, the police academy through Delaware State Police. We now have a human trafficking coordinator through uh, Delaware State Police. Um, that's the head of the task force that we have that partners with FBI and Homeland Security and um, our state police so that they, you know, can begin to investigate some of these cases. So we really, we really don't have a lot of stats because this, this is a fairly new conversation, not just in our state, but really in our country. We've just had federal law, not even for 20 years. So we're, we're really, everybody is really hard pressed to come up with specific statistics, but the the folks that have been in victim services and providing um, help to these survivors see victims of all ages. And there is sex trafficking, and we also don't want to forget that there is labor trafficking as well in Delaware. And so we have to also recognize that it's not just females that are victims. Or there are also males that are victims, and they're often... Um, not recognized as readily simply because there is a such a stigma to being sex trafficked or even labor trafficked as a male. And so many of these victims don't self-identify um, because of the shame and the guilt and the stigma and because of fear of retaliation from their trafficker um, or the predator. And so there's a lot of very complex compound trauma that is sort of integrated through all of trafficking and there's physical, psychological, all kinds of traumas that is really like an, an onion. You know, you have to sort of peel back layer by layer by layer, but in order to peel back those layers, they have to know that they're safe because we can offer housing, we can offer therapy, we can offer all services all day long, but if they don't feel safe, None of that really does a lot of good. So safety planning is absolutely essential. And right now in the state of Delaware, while we have victim services through law enforcement, uh, many of these victims don't want any kind of involvement with law enforcement. Um, and there are several reasons for that. But those victims that we work with that don't even want to talk to the social workers in, in the victim services and in law enforcement need a place to stay that's safe. And right now we don't have specific housing and wraparound comprehensive services in our state for human trafficking victims. So that hopefully will change in 2019 mm -hmm. uh, as we as we turn the corner. Um, Zoe Ministries, my nonprofit, will begin our capital campaign to raise money to open an aftercare facility with wraparound services that's long-term housing for minors in Delaware, and we're going to kick that off um, with our fundraising banquet in May. Mm -hmm. But we're, we're really sort of formulating a strategy and a plan of phase one, phase two, phase three with Salvation Army. So we're hoping that 2019 
will really will really be able to turn a corner in our state when it comes to infrastructure building for aftercare for these victims. Wow, that's wonderful. Um, can you share a personal like success story? Uh, I want to be careful about that just because I'm very protective okay, that, <laughs> of the individuals that, that I work with. Mm-hmm. But I will say that there have been individuals that have that I have worked with personally and through Zoe Ministries um, who I will will keep nameless. Sure. And I'm, I'm not going to give a lot of their situation, but because they did not want law enforcement involvement, they were not able to access the victim services through law enforcement. And so we have done the best we can do to provide them with, they need new phones so that they can't be tracked. They need phone cards. They need gas cards. They often need vehicles. There's a whole infrastructure that absolutely has to be built. So as I have been working with some of these survivors who are, by the way, incredible individuals that could be your neighbor, could Mm -hmm. be your daughter. It could be absolutely anybody because these, you can't spot a trafficking victim, just like you can't spot a trafficker. There is no profile and no MO for either a victim or a trafficker. They can be absolutely anybody. We have, I've worked with women whose parents trafficked them when they were toddlers. I've worked with women whose husbands have trafficked them. I've worked with girls who were lured into a romantic relationship with someone over social media who were not aware that they were being stalked and being watched for weeks on their social media sites. And so when you have a a girl that sort of puts all of her information out there and says, you know, I really am not happy at home, but I have nowhere to go and I want to leave, but I don't have any money and I'm not graduated from high school yet. And they put pictures all over social media of themselves and and tell their life story. And so it's very easy for these perpetrators who are stalking these sites and watching these sites to figure out where is the void, where is the gap in this person's life and how can I fill it? And when they fill it and they start building a relationship, that's how they lure them into trafficking. So with mm-hmm. domestic trafficking, it's mostly the, the women that I've talked to, it's mostly been a luring into a romance. It's like a, a Romeo pimping rather than a gorilla kind of pimping where, you know, people often see the movie Taken, you know, and they see the force and the kidnapping. And I'm not saying that that doesn't happen. That tends to be more international than what I have seen personally domestically. Uh It's mostly um, a lot of relational building. And then they they use force, fraud, or coercion in order to control them. Amazing, really, what's what's really happening out there. And, um, you know, one of the things that we're doing when we talk about these human rights, the first thing we want to do is educate people and make them aware of what's going on. But... Uh, more importantly, what can we do about it? So lastly, I just want to ask you, what can we do to help? Well, uh, there's a lot of a lot of different places that people can plug in. Um, if they want to specifically sign on to, to our mission, they can contact us through our website at zoe, Z-O-E, dash Delaware.org. And Delaware is spelled out. So Z-O-E, dash Delaware.org to get involved in our mission. We need help fundraising. We need volunteers. Um, There's a lot of infrastructure that needs to be built. And right now, because we don't have any stats, there's not money available for that. So Mm -hmm. uh, we we really need our stats to get any federal or state funding through grants. 
but we really need folks who are willing to support our effort to build this and to help sustain this. So um, through our website, or you can also visit the Salvation Army website. Uh, we also, uh, we do presentations at churches and at schools. We ask for people to gather at least 100 people because I get a lot of requests for speaking engagements and I can't keep up with all of them. So, you know, just asking us to come into your community and gathering, you know, plan an event with 100 or 200 people and ask us to come in and we bring information and we can do a 60 minute or a 90 minute or a two hour presentation, depending on what you want. Um, we also do training for medical. The Human Trafficking Interagency Coordinating Council meets on a regular basis, normally up in Wilmington, and they are open, their meetings are open to the public and they offer, you know, room for public comment at the end of those meetings. Um, we also have DELCAT that people can join, and that's a coalition that I formed last year, that's Delaware Coalition Against Trafficking. We meet every month um, on the second Tuesday of every month at the Salvation Army building from 11 to 1230 uh, every single month. And so we have about 35 to 40 state agencies that are involved, but we also have individuals who say, look, what can I, what can I do to help? Mm -hmm. I know IT, or I can help with communications, or I can help with marketing. What can I do to help? And so anybody that wants to attend can plug in to either one of those or there. I mean, there's just so there's a myriad of different ways to get involved. So just contact us and say, this is this is where I can see myself fitting in. What can I do? And we'll do what we can do to hook you into the right either coalition or group. And we'll figure out um, sort of how to spread the word and and what to do next, because what I don't want to do is is bring this message of this horrific crime happening and all this trauma and then not bring an answer to the problem. Exactly. And so we want to offer that solution and let people figure out how can you plug into the solution? And there's dozens of ways to plug in. It just depends on what you can bring, what your skill set is, what your expertise is and how much time you're willing to volunteer. Thank you so much, Yolanda, for sharing you know all this information with us today. And Really, thank you so much for all you're doing to bring, thank you know, you. this, this, you know, awareness to Delaware and, and for helping the victims of human trafficking. Thank you so much for your time, Ellen. And I really appreciate your highlighting this and understanding as tragic as this is, the awareness piece is really important because we can't protect ourselves and our communities if we don't understand what trafficking really looks like in our state. Thank you again for your time thank and you. for giving us, you know, something that, you know, we can make happen on our end. Absolutely. Thank you so much. And let me know if I can do anything else to help and spread the word. I sure will. All right, Yolanda, okay. have a great day. Thank you. You too. It is so encouraging to have people like Yolanda out in the local community who are actually doing something about this issue. Yes, that's so true. I mean, this is an international, national and local issue, and we need people at all levels doing something about this. As a matter of fact, at the end of 2018, I attended the U.S. Global Leadership Coalition that was held here in Wilmington. Senator Chris Coons and Senator Bob Corker did the closing plenary with a large amount of talk on the topic of human rights. Uh, Senator Coons is co 
co-chair of the U.S. Senate Human Rights Caucus, and Senator Bob Corker was the chair of the Senate Foreign Relations Committee, and he's a huge advocate to stop human trafficking around the world. But what was interesting is Senator Corker gave some statistics and said 27 million at a minimum live in slavery, higher than any other time in history, and is probably more like 40 to 42 million. Corker also said uh, to him, it is the moral issue of our day and that we need to have a U.S.-led effort to end this scourge. He said about the U.S., we have our problems, but we are still the greatest nation on earth. And we are the force around the world that raises everyone else up. So let's do that. Let's take action to protect this and all human rights and raise everyone else up. Thank you guys so much for listening today and stay tuned for another episode of Know Your Rights with Ellen Firestone. 